This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me, as usual, is Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. We've got four main reviews for you this evening. We're going to kick off with Mad God, a film which has taken 30 years in the making. Uh, Then we have a French film called Out of This World. Uh, Then we're off to Jordan for The Alleys and back to the UK for The Payday. Our short shot this week is a fan film based on Kick-Ass called Kick-Ass The Reboot. And our DTV throwback is a treasure of actors in skin trade. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is Mad God. Now, I'm going to read out what IMDb says about this. It says... The assassin travels through a nightmare underworld of tortured souls, ruined cities, and wretched monstrosities forged from the primordial horrors of an unconscious mind of Phil Tippett, the world's preeminent stop-motion animator. What a pile of bollocks. Oh (laughs) my god. This was torture. This was absolute torture for me, guys. Um, I, me not likey at all. I can respect it on a certain level. It, you know, it is a labour of love. There is a lot of technical skill involved. But fuck me sideways. Oh, this is just drivel. It really is just drivel, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Steve, did you get anything out of this? Visually, it's stunning. I mean, to look at it, it's wonderful. It's ugly the plot shit. But there you go. It's bollocks. No, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. I mean, the animation's great, mm. and yeah, it's grim, grimy, but to look at it is fantastic. Everything yeah. else was bollocks. You're right; it was absolute. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it makes, uh, I, I, there's no, there's no plot there's no real story it's just mishmashed mm. scenarios shoved together and yeah yeah but, it's like it's like oh this will look cool you know that's that's basically what it boils yeah. down to yeah. yeah yeah um rich how about you did you get anything out of this one i did the um it you know it reminded me a bit i mean this was uh, originally on shudder it's now coming out yes. on blu-ray from mm-hmm. acorn um, it was, it, and deservedly so on Blu-ray. I mean, I'm sure it's going to look, I mean, I watched it, it looked that was, to me. Mm, the mm. Um, uh, the Spine of Night was a film, we, was also an animated film, also took a long time to make. In that case, it was around 10 years uh, using a very particular animation style. I didn't really get on with that one. Uh, that one did have kind of a, a proper, more of a proper narrative because it was kind of a multi-story kind of mm-hmm. thing, a dialogue yeah. and stuff. This has no dialogue. This has it is animation, but there is a bit of um, live action mixed in there as well. So it's a com- it's a combination of different styles that he's used. And I did think, although I'm not a big animation fan, there was enough that was continually happening, and you know the 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 the, the, 
the creations that he's come up with are so interesting that it that it was quite that it was very engaging and and you know in, interesting to me to watch as an experience. I think it's it's not so much there is narrative, I would say, but it's more like an art installation. It's a mm. it's a it's an artistic mm. piece yeah. rather it's an art film rather than sort of a narrative film. So the um, even that you know there's there are human actors in it. I mean, director Alex Cox turns up for a few scenes. Yeah. Uh, with very long fingernails and stuff, but he even he doesn't have any dialogue. It's not a dialogue film. It's a it's a it's all about the emphasis is on the visual and the um and the music and and sound effects and stuff like that. Um, Phil Tippett, obviously, uh, legendary animator, most you know, well known for things like RoboCop and stuff. Uh, he mm. also, he's also directed things before. He did this um, uh, Starship Troopers sequel, I think, the first one, DTV sequel. Uh, and this is a very different kind of beast. I mean, that's kind of kind of a that would have been like a paying kind of job. This is like his labor of love. This is like the thing he's been working on, and uh, is sort of him exorcising or, or you know releasing every creative impulse. And I think that's that's quite apparent. You know, there's so much creativity in the movie, uh, and you know, not just created by him, but his whole team of animators and stuff. Have brought these creations to life and it is quite extraordinary i don't think there's anything else like it although obviously stop motion has a has a long history i think this this does deserve the sort of uh reputation that it's been getting of you know a, quite something quite unique uh the fact it has had a few it hasn't had a cinema release i say it's been a shutter film but it has been showing at the prince charles cinema in london and probably some other cinemas around i would expect and i think it must look quite fantastic on a big screen um, did I did I did I like it? Uh, I like it as um, for for the imagination on display, and it is say and it, and it didn't. I wasn't bored by it at all, um, but I didn't go. I didn't really follow it. I can't say I followed the narrative or whatever, but you know that's that's the part of the course of a lot of art films and stuff for me. Um, but I, I did think it was very striking and and and, and very impressive. Hmm. I know you didn't. But. Yeah, I, 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 there's elements in here, but the thing is, what what I mostly got out of this is that this world that is created is just too destructive for its own good that it could mm. not possibly exist. You know, there is. So well, he much... was trying to. I, I mean, I've the the D, the Blu-ray is packed full of extras, yeah. uh, and I've gone through a few of them. Uh, is a fantastic. Uh, it's a feature-length commentary, but it's not a commentary. It's basically just an interview track between uh, uh, Tippett and Guillermo del Toro, who's asking him lots of questions and sort of, mm. um, you know, like, why the fuck really did you do this? That sort of question, hopefully. But no, he was praising. He was he was overflowing with praise uh, for 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 it and stuff. And yeah. they were talking about all the influences and how the idea was to bring a Huron, make the film as like a Huron and a Spoch painting, sort of come to life. Mm. You know, all that with all that darkness and stuff. Was um, was was um was Trapdoor one of his um in, inspirations? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're showing our age there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't you open that trapdoor? Because <laughs> there's something down there. Yep. There is a trapdoor element to this, I would say. But yeah, mm. I mean there's weird create I mean, you can't describe it. I mean, there's there's like huge weird creatures with 
giant breasts and and stuff like hang like breasts eyes. for eyes and stuff yeah it's, yeah, it's really a lot of eyes in there to be fair there's a lot of crazy stuff and people having uh uh cesarean sections to release like alien like uh mm. creature i mean you yeah. can see all the stuff all the stuff of, from tippet's past is kind of showing itself you know all the sort of you know starship troopers and that all, all that's in there and if and it's take, just anything and everything i'll say one thing i did spot you know when like the capsule that he's in finally lands at the beginning mm. he looks out the window yeah there was a robbie the robot from um lost in space there the original oh, one. <laughs> i saw that and yeah, it's just it, it, it's, it's great to look at. I mean, it is, like you say, it's like an art installation. It is like a work of art, but narratively, it did nothing for me whatsoever at all. Yep. Really didn't. And the thing is, I, I think, you know, that is a criticism, but, uh, but you know, that is the kind of, this is the kind of movie that is, I will say, it's only an hour and 23 minutes long. Mm. It doesn't, it's, it's, you know, it's not like it's, I don't think he's been too indulgent there. I mean, I, I think that's a, 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 you know, an hour and 20 minutes is a very modest kind of running some of these. I mean, the fact that, I mean, the animation takes so long <laughs> to, yeah. to do this kind of thing. You have to keep it running brief, really. But the, um, uh, you know, you could, I mean, the spine of night, I think was about two hours. Yeah. Which I just thought was just just way too much. This, I didn't, mm. yes, it's indulgent because it has to be. I mean, it's, it's a, pure creation from from this guy who's you know just letting everything out you know all this yeah. all this um influences and, and you know stresses and anxieties and and impressions and and you know in he says you know when he was in the interview or whatever and that he did you know all these different bits of research he was trying to bring all this you know spiritual stuff and everything that you know some like with the painting you know how you get like I look at a paint. I might, I might go to the gap. Like I was at the Tate Modern or whatever. I, I just walked past the paint. Doesn't mean anything to me too much. Or I might look at a painting and be interested in it for like a minute. Other people will like dissect it, and you know they'll mm. spot all these little bits and they'll figure out which truth I do do with some films, you know. Mm. But people will do that with this film. They'll be able to pick it apart and analyze it for, you know, in courses and stuff. I think it's got that depth to it, and um, that you know I can't, I don't get it because it, it's not. You know, I'm not I'm not picking up on those influences, but I think it's all in there, uh, and I think for the right audiences, audiences, this is going to be, you know, something special that I'll really remember. I mean, it's an animated film, yeah. but don't show it to the kids because uh, it might it might mess them up a bit. Jesus Christ, would it ever? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so, so a couple of things on this. Um, it reminded me that the, the grotesquerie of it um, reminded me of it. There's, there's a animated sequence in the middle of this Russian film called Sleepless Beauty, mm -hmm. which I, I reviewed for this show a while back. Um, and there's this whole sequence where she's sort of being bombarded with these images and you, you see them and it's, it's like really, really gross stuff basically, but it's all CGI. And it lasts about five minutes of screen time, whereas this lasts like, as you say, sort of eight, 80 minutes or so. Um, yeah, I, again, I can see the technical skill involved and the artistry, mm. but as a film, there's there's nothing there. It's it's just like one grotesque image after another, and it's just so weird. It's like you know you get these whole sequences where people, these creatures are, keep dying or keep getting killed yeah. for no reason, yeah. and it, it's just totally, 
you know, and I, I guess this is what he's going for. You know, there's no weight to any of it. It's like, yeah, this is just, just shit that happens. I think, well, if if, yeah. you know, if you lived in this world, shit like this wouldn't happen. Or, or you, you you take steps to 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 avoid dying at least. You know, if if you're one of these creatures, you'd know not to stand up in the middle of um, you know, a causeway where there's flying freight trains going over your head that are going to sort of smash into you and stuff like this. It's just mm. this weird sort of like, I don't know, in, they're like zombie. Like, well, yeah, yeah. But, but even so, even other bits, it's just it's, it's all this sort of like you know, um, it's either eat or or be eaten kind of thing, all the time. Yeah. It's like a fut- the futility of life, you know. It's just mm. it's just all death, basically. That's all it is. You I know, haven't seen yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen anything this no. grotesque since probably some Japanese sort of direct to video stuff, mm. you know. Yeah, but. Yeah, I didn't I find don't, anything I don't. particularly. I didn't find anything like repulsive or off-putting or any, anything in. It's in, like this. The there's, a, there's a three-minute sequence of this character being eviscerated by a surgeon, and just yes. having all his. It, it just goes on and on and on. You know, it's it's yeah, overindulgent a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, I think it's fair. Okay, so uh, oh, the score though was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it ends with a piece of music that's the you know it's that classical piece of music that was used in True Romance. I was just thinking, mm. I always associate it with True Romance. So it goes, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, that yeah. yeah. But it just seemed uh, a very odd sort of upbeat kind of piece of music to sort of end on, which I guess was kind of the point he was going. On, yeah. Whatever, but, but yeah, so very interesting. And I say it's out on Blu-ray, and you know if you're interested in animation and. Mm-hmm. Tip its, it's work it's, and stuff. It, I mean, that's the format to see it in, I would say, if you can't yeah. get to a sale. Yeah. This did very well on the festival circuit last year. Or ah, okay, year. yeah. Um, well, that's not it was, Yeah, it was shown around uh, quite a bit. So so when it arrived on uh, Shudder, you know, it was riding a bit of a crest of a, a wave of um, critical support. Mm-hmm. But it's not for me, personally. No. Where do you, how, how would you rate it against Spine of Night? As the most recent example of a of a similar kind of project, um, I think Spider Knight wins out, and we're talking we're splitting hairs, mm. but I, I, I would put Spider Knight slightly above this one. I, yeah. I think I think I would probably get more out of Spider Knight if I went back and watched it again. Um, I, I could probably get into those sort of themes of like religious fanaticism and you know reformation and stuff that it was um sort of aiming for whereas that's interesting because that's what they were doing that's what he was also he was you know heavily all the religious stuff in this as well but in a different way they're they're kind of quite similar in in a way that these these two films although that was much more of a ralph bakshi kind of yeah yeah um, but but this just yeah i mean was it the fact that spine of night had sort of those you know dialogue scenes and a bit more of a a, possibly you know, a, a narrative that you could follow yeah. you know you were you yeah. were with a character mm-hmm. who you could sort of identify with to a degree whereas this that one could... has the assassin and, i didn't and, know he was called the assassin no, until... I, I, no. I, I i realized that he was you know he, he was there to try and blow up the whatever it is you know that, that was his he, he had a mission mm-hmm. um but other than that you know um no uh, what was the question <laughs> <laughs> well my yeah, question no, is now is no, what are you going to score it Mike? well what, what, what i was just about to say is i can understand why 
he designed the character that way over you know to um considering how long it took him to make mm. you know he, he did build in a bit of sort of um sort of fail safes and foolproofing to make sure that you know he probably thought yeah it's gonna take me 10 years or something you know don't worry about uh sort of doing too much sort of character work um it's it's more of a sort of hearts of darkness kind of kind of situation you know this guy going deeper and deeper into the more of this uh sort of hell but i'm going to score this one a five out of ten yeah i'd agree with five and that's you know i mean to be fair the visuals are fantastic i really like the visuals but there's no story there's no narrative there to me it's just scenes thrown yeah. together and that, that's not my kind of thing you know absolutely okay and rich how about you mate well i think it should be seen and experienced at least once so i'm, I'm it's technically impressive so i'm gonna give it a seven all righty two fives and a seven for mad god it's uh, currently on shutter and also on blu-ray go check it out Our next review is Out of This World. Now, Steve, I'm gonna read out I'm gonna read out what IMDB describes this movie as. Yeah, well. A shy man who works as a taxi driver because he can't afford to live as a musician meets a deaf girl dancer who is attracted to him despite his trouble communicating. Now, does that sound like a film that either you or I would want to watch? Uh no, because it's not. It's not that. Well, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a detail. There's a little bit of a detail they've missed out there. It's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Andy's, Andy's a serial killer. You know, yeah, and then, we, <laughs> then, then we sort of perk up a little bit. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, this is, it, it's more of a sort of arty-farty um, yeah. sort of genre film. It's from France, so of course it is. Uh, there is little dialogue. Uh, because we've got this guy who he does have difficulty communicating except through his music and you know in between his killing sprees he he sort of obsesses over this um this deaf girl who who he follows one day stalks um sees that she's a dancer and you know just kind of hangs out killing a few people sort of like you know is is slowly slowly getting into her life um what did you make of it it's it's weird. It really, I mean, the the character is. I don't. I I, I, don't, I couldn't get my head around it because he's like. There's a scene halfway through, hmm. where he, you think he's gonna kill this woman or whatever, hmm. and he doesn't. He gets her in a flat and like asks her, "What do I do with girls?" and I just, it's bizarre. It really is. It's truly bizarre. Because it's like he lives in his car. Hmm. Yep. Eats, eats noodles that he cooks in the kettle or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like pop noodle things. Makes music on this. Sort of keyboard. Sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I should have, my son will know what it's called. I should have asked him. And then just goes around killing women indiscriminately, but there's like, some parts you're like, 
hang on, is he dreaming this or not? Or mm. And there's no, like, say, police investigation angle or anything like that. There's no, you know, thought of him getting into trouble. He just does it and carries on. There's no repercussions and such. And it was very, very bizarre. And, you know, the, the, the deaf girl dancer, you know, she seems really sweet and lovely. And then, I don't know. It was very strange. I couldn't really get my head around it, to be fair. Yeah. But left, I think I, it left me baffled. I'm kind of with you on this one, I must admit. Yeah. Um, the mu- again, you know, the music was very good for this. And yeah. it was very well shot. Um, I, I did like the dancing bits with the girl, mm. but you know, yeah. those bits were really good. But yeah, the, the character, you know, the main character is just unfathomable, basically. And but I mean, there's that one scene as well where he goes, I think, it's to visit his mother, mm. and it kind of gives you where he's come from, you know, because he just sits there mm. screaming at him, really, basically, and. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's like, is the trauma from that when he was younger, or mm. I think he mentioned as well she used to burn him with cigarettes at one point. That's right. Yeah, he's got a scar. Yeah. On yeah. yeah. So obviously, traumatic childhood turned her into a bit of a thought. Oh, it's just weird. But he's, like not a, he, he's not. He's not a sympathetic character at all. No, not really. at all. You know, no, it's not someone you can go. Oh, he, you know, and, and it's it's just weird. Yeah, it's just a weird one. Um, yeah. And then it's interesting. Yeah. Sorry, just to oh. interject there. It's interesting yeah. you say that there's dance sequences in the film that you were quite interested because I was just looking at the director, Mark Bouchard's mm. filmography, and the film he made previously was a dance film. Mm. It's a, it's but a much more sort of commercial kind of mainstream film about, you know, like a, a drama set in the yeah. world of like modern dance, street dancing kind of thing. And, uh, so I wonder whether he's got this. Maybe he's got a background in dance that he he. Well, maybe that's not, why he brings maybe. it to these movies. It's, I mean, because that sounds this sound, that that film, which is on Netflix, sounds like a completely different kettle of fish to this. It does. Not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, look, I've just looked at that. Is it Break? You were looking at Break. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that looks like something like Step Up or something like that. This is yeah, exactly. Just, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is just a, um, like the deaf girl. In a room, you know, yeah, not... it's more, it's more like the dancing in Suspiria, the remake, rather than anything else. Yeah, oh, it's just it's not like big dance sequences or anything like that. It's just her, yeah, you know, using the the bass and the beats that she can feel to to dance. Basically, you know, it's nothing over the top or anything like. That. It's quite subdued, but it, it it's oh, a nice it. it's a nice scene, mm-hmm. you know, and. Yeah, it's just I just couldn't get a grasp on it. To be fair, it's a bit, I'm, a bit bizarre. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you on this one. Um, and, and the ending doesn't really sort of give you any, uh, no. you know, you know any, anything yeah. really to sort of hang on. Uh, and the way the ending's edited as well, I wasn't too impressed with. I must admit. Mm. But anyway, um, scores. What do you mean in terms of the editing? Just give me an indication of what you're getting. At it there. misses out bits. It's, it's it skips over yeah. whole things and just what, sort like of, jump know, cuts or not even that you know it it just like segues from one 
moment to like five minutes later and you think well thanks uh-huh. you know yeah <laughs> but there you go um scores steve uh, i'll give it, i'll give it a five again yeah it's another five from me two fives for out of this world go check it out Our next review is The Alleys, a crime caper set in the labyrinthine alleys of East Amman in Jordan, where a blackmailing voyeur sets off a series of unintended events, causing the lives of residents to collide and spiral into chaos. This is the Middle East version of EastEnders. <laughs> Mid- so Middle EastEnders. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> it really is. It's so. So as it says, you know, it's, it's set within these sort of, um, you know, this sort of housing area, which is sort of has all these different little alleyways and things, and uh, it centres on this couple, Ali and um, Lana, who are sort of illicit lovers. Basically, she's still in her teens. You know, he's a bit older, um, and they, they, you know, they're not going through the proper protocol to be together. He's sneaking into a bedroom, and. Lo and behold, there's some scumbag who sees him going in and starts like filming from across the street, basically. So there's an abandoned building, needs a film. And then he sort of sends the video to the girl saying, Give me 500 dinar or, or this is going public. You know? So um, her, her mum finds out, she gets a copy of this as well. Um, and as you know, any upstanding citizen would be, she she goes to the local crime boss to to get help. Um, you know, so he agrees to ensure that um, the the blackmailer doesn't um, publish the video, and also to scare off the guy, this alley guy, saying, um, you know, back off. She, you know, her family doesn't want to see you and all this sort of stuff. Um, but he decides, no, no, that's. You know, rather than do that, how about I rob the crime boss and run off with the girl? Um, you know, because that's the sensible thing to do. Mm. And it kind of just keeps spiraling from there. You know, you've got these little various characters. Um, it, it, it's very sort of Romeo and Juliet, you know, sort of a bit of star-crossed lovers going on. It's okay. You know, if, if you like that sort of... Um, if you like EastEnders, you know, it's exactly the sort of uh, level of... Um, drama you're looking at here nothing nothing um bombastic or anything it's all very grimy and so you know this sort of very sort of suburban environment and you know as as a grown-up adult i just couldn't help thinking well if they'd done the right thing and you know gone through the right channels then nothing would have happened you know yeah because even a mum turns around to at one point and goes, well, okay, look, you know, you like this guy, obviously. Let's invite him around. Let's go speak to his parents, you know, like like civilised people and, and let's see where things lead, you know. She, she was willing to do that in the end, but, you know, by then it's kind of too late. Um, yeah, there's a few, few bodies turned up um, along the way and then you find out who the blackmailer is towards the end and nothing consequential happens to anyone who really should have consequences. You know, it's, it's one of those weird ones, but it's okay. Yeah. It was re- relatively engaging. You know, it's, it's, it's an it's exotic setting as far as we're concerned. Um, you know, so it's a Jordanian film, is it? 
It's a Jordanian film, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all in the whatever language they speak over there. Um, I'm going to say Arabic. Don't hate me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty well done. I have to say, you know, uh, there's some very interesting characters in there. What about uh, the sort of directing style, the cinematography, the visuals? What, what it's editing? It's, editing is is yeah. I mean, it's it's all workmanlike. You know, the acting's very good, but you know, the, the, as I said, there's nothing here you're not going to see outside of EastEnders. Is it TV like or sort of? Is it quite stylish? No, it's it's, it's, it's got a little bit more theatricality to it. Uh-huh. It's got some. Um, flair. Got a little bit of flair, but not much. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's it's shot. It's not shot on video. You know, it's, um, it, it look has a good look to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's um, not my cup of tea. I must admit. So, but I'm at the moment, you know, riding on the current films that we've been reviewing. I'm giving this a six out of ten. So, so <laughs> it's the best <laughs> thing I've seen so far out of the films we've covered. So there you go, a 6 out of 10 for the alleys. Uh, go check it out. Our next review is The Payday. A broken, frustrated IT technician decides to embark on a one-woman heist to steal valuable data worth millions on the black market. Uh, I would say she have... doesn't decide to embark on a heist. Uh, she, yeah, she's okay. basically so that the IMDb, <laughs> Yeah, that is the IMDb um, sort of uh, synopsis. Yeah. Bad right. IMDb. Yes, it's it's on a roll this week. Some, some mm. really really sort of ambiguous um, synopses is going on. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, you know, it's not that she decides to embark on it. She's pretty much strong armed into it by. Um, to Simon Callow's character. By Simon Callow. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really good seeing him again, you know. Um, um, this was, you know, it seems to be the season of sort of light, breezy comedies at the moment. We've had a few come mm. through. Um, this one impressed me a bit more than the others, probably because it has a sort of genre element to it. You know, it is a heist movie at the end of the day. So, you know, I could get in on that. Um, and then the characters were pretty well done. You know, um, the, the the main guy he he looks like Rob Brydon. Oh yeah, like a younger Rob, Rob Brydon, um, and especially when he's doing his Welsh accent as well, which is um, mm. quite amusing. So I, yeah, I kind of like this one. I must admit. Um, how about you, Steve? Yeah, it was all right. You know, it's it it's you know rom com. We like to say like a genre edge to it and you know it's not too bombastic you know it's quite not gentle but it's not over the top or anything like that it's it's more like a cyber crime than a an actual like bank heist or something like that and I think the only thing that got me is it's a little bit Lord of the Rings Return of the King, where there's like five endings that mm. it didn't need. You know, you know, the heist is over. Then it's onto this, onto that, onto this, onto that, and it's it, it's because when the heist is actually finished, you know, I, I just see how long was left. It's like twenty five minutes. I'm like, you know, what, what's going on here? 
Yeah. And, you know, there was a little bit of a end credit scene as well, which didn't really need to be there. It was just a little bit of a joke at the end, but all in all, and, yeah. And then, and then some laboriously slow crudding credits <laughs> to pad out the time. Yeah. yeah. Some of the slowest credits I've seen this year. But, yeah, it, it, it was it was fine. It was dandy. No, nothing special, nothing that I didn't expect, to be fair. I mean, it's you know, quite a decent, not a twist, but who he actually turns out to be, I thought was actually quite decent, how that came about. And, yeah, it was fine. Totally agree. Um, Rich, yeah. what do you make of this one? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, if you if, if with that, when you're watching it, you it, it's only okay occasionally that you sort of think. I, well, in my case, it was only occasionally that I thought about how low budget it was, mm. because mm. I thought although you can you can int, you can identify that it's a low budget film by very few locations, very sort of sparse. You know, it's all shot in, shot in very white kind of offices and that. There's not a huge amount of production mm. design. I mean, some of the rooms are literally just like walls and a table. And stuff, and, yeah. it, and it, is a, it is for the most part, it's a two-hander. So there's not a lot going in, going on, but they managed to rattle it along quite nicely, and and it, it's it's all shot so nicely that it that it looks bigger than it is. If you see what I mean, it's sort of feel yeah. it's almost it's not it's not hustle. It's shooting for hustle. It's kind of <laughs> trying to be that kind of thing, but you know, it's not got the money there, but it still sits quite comfortably in that genre i mean it's not ocean you know it's not mm. oceans or anything but you could still you know if you liked oceans you're probably like this but, but it, you know yeah. in a different way it's got those rom-com elements and stuff like you're saying i thought it, yeah it's very breezy i think the soundtrack's really good sort of shuffles things along nicely it's re it's too repetitive the music some of it just like literally they just recycle it over and over again but when it works it works really really well um mm. it starts off it starts off with um Simon Callow, uh, he, he's 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 not in it very much, but he he, he makes a big impression. He's he's really fantastic mm. when he turns up. He really sells. It. He gets you engaged in in what's going to go on. Uh, then we um, end up, you know, we're we're meeting our uh, our lead character played by Kyla Fry, uh, and then she then and then crosses paths with uh, Sam, Sam Benjamin's character uh, of uh, George. I think uh, I think yeah, George. The yeah. Um, and there's also, and then all the inter, you know, the sort of uh, the rom com con stuff mm. starts starts going mm. on, and I think it tries to do too much a bit, and I, I did get a bit confused with all the, you know, all the attempts at rug, you know, misdirection and rug pulling, or you know, who who is who and stuff. It's like mm. um, that that, you know, at times it felt like a film that was really sort of stretched out. Um, it, it, it was about a film that was would have been comfortable about half the length, like an episode of, of say, like an episode of a TV show or something, but it was sort of drawn out a bit. Um, but it did manage. It did. It did survive. And you know, yeah, it. The heist, as it is, is is not much of a heist. It's, it, it brings to mind um, uh, the Steven Seagal film Mercenary for Justice, where he basically <laughs> walks into a bank and puts in a memory stick or whatever, and then takes it away. It's basically that. Um, Mm. And uh, except this time, it's like in an office. But all the characters are really sort of quite fun. Uh, you know, you got the it's it's those sort of heightened character. You know, you, you meet the boss at the beginning. Yeah. She's so and she's like, 
oh well welcome you know so she's yeah. um sort of uh you know oh it's a caricature of what what's sort of like a a, a, a boss mm. character would be or something and and uh i think that works but um kyla fly is is perfect in in the in the lead she she plays that her role really well simon callow's great sam benjamin's good um Ooh. i couldn't help but i mean you said rob bryden i couldn't help but see this in a similar way to accident man uh hitman's holiday it's got that yeah. same kind of looks better than it is kind of but light and frothy british movie yeah. kind of thing going on yeah. i think and i could totally see scott adkins in that role yeah yeah uh, yeah actually yeah mm. i think he could pull it off i mean because it, it, it's you know even without the act you know don't have to have the action that put the action in that would be nice but it's got a similar kind of look and feel and sort of light you know enjoyable sort of movie thing about it and uh yeah, yeah so i had i it exceeded my expectations I, I i saw the poster i thought i looked i was quite interested in it but i thought you know it was really quite a lot of fun yeah totally agree yeah. um okay scores on the doors steve uh i'll give it a six mm -hmm. and rich i would have given it a seven but i couldn't see the title at the start of the movie aside every other credit which drove me absolutely nuts so therefore i was very distracted mm. thinking where the hell's the title <laughs> uh during the first part so because the title is apparently missing please if anyone did see the title and, and no. I just missed it. Mm. No, um, do it point it out. But that just drives me absolutely nuts when <clears throat> you've got every other credit except for the title, or or if it's there, I just didn't see it. So it's going to lose a point for that, unfortunately. Um, just a quick side note: it it's not based on, but there was a short film called Double Cross, uh, which had the two protagonists, the two actors, mm -hmm. in it, playing characters with basically the with the same names. Uh, so I do wonder whether this started out as like a, they were developing that short film into a feature, which is also kind of about con and stuff. Yeah. And I, I do want that was called Double Cross, which you can find. I didn't think that was that good, but I did. Um, I did think that was interesting that they've sort of carried that over into into this movie. This is I've watched a couple of things that they've done. I think this is a really this is probably the best work I've seen out of these two performers of the little that I've I, seen. I've just realized what he's in. Oh, yeah. He's in I Am Vengeance Retaliation. He is, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was also in uh, Express Delivery, the Bo Fowler film, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was he? he? Must have turned up right at the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, think he's got, I think he's got like a really small yeah, um, yeah. part in it, oh. but, which I think is sort of why he's ended up in that, That's why I say that he's there's like these little associations to the mm. action world. It's sort of, you mm. could see him. Uh, you know, you could see a sort of Scott Adkins or or him and Scott Adkins playing brothers or something. You could do, you could see anything like that, really. I think. Um, but yeah, sorry, I've gone off track there. But yeah, I was giving it a six. Okay. Yeah, I'm giving it a six as well. It's interesting what you say about the the, the you know you, you mentioned the other day about the missing uh, title, um, and, it, and it just immediately brought to mind um, Invasion USA because for some reason um, Chuck. Chuck Norris's name is missing from the credits at the beginning. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least it was back on VHS. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. We're watching, I remember me and my dad watching this going, hang on a minute. Isn't Chuck yeah. Norris meant to be in this? So <laughs> 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 rewinding it and have another look at the credit. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, I digress. So that is three sixes for the payday. Go check it out.
our short shot this week is Kick-Ass the Reboot. This is a concept short film from Sleepwalk Studios, um, which sees the main character from Kick-Ass trying on a new suit and then getting involved with um, breaking up a drug deal. Um, my question to you guys is, was this written by the two guys on the, uh, the beanbags? Mm, yeah, probably. <laughs> it it was. It's, this is very sort of. This is very loose. Is is probably the best way I can describe this. Um, you know, the, I, I imagine these guys aren't working with the best equipment. You know, um, some some of the sound isn't very well done, but you know that that could be deliberate. I don't know. Um, I think that's just low budget. Fan it could filmmaking. be, yeah. Okay, mm. let's, let's, okay. So, so we'll we'll take that as read that uh, you know this is literally a fan film. You know, we 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 get various levels of fan films, don't we? Basically, we get we get some very polished stuff, um, like the um, Friday the Thirteenth. You know, don't walk, don't hike alone. That sort of yeah. Um, down down to you know something like this, which is a little bit more than a bunch of friends. Um, you know, getting together. There is a very good costume at the centre of this, you know, and, and there is some good, um, some camera work, you know, so the bit where he puts the suit on, for example, um, is, is shot really nicely. Um, and there are a couple of decent gags about how shit he is. Like, um, there's, there's a bit where he throws his smoke grenade and then the idea is that the smoke grenade will go off and then he'll sort of run in and do the superhero pose as the smoke clears, mm -hmm. you know, but it doesn't work like that. It, it just looks really, really bad and desperate, um, which is quite funny. Um, yeah, so a little bit sort of more loose around the edges than we're probably used to, but I thought this was okay overall. How about you, Steve? Yeah, very rough and ready. Um... I don't know. I mean, it, to me, it didn't lack. It lacked the the panache and what Kickass was about. To be fair, mm -hmm. you know, it, it it didn't gel with me at all. Like I say, it was it was very very cheap. I mean, it's probably cost a tenner, you know, to throw together. I mean, the suit looked quite decent, but everything else, I thought the actual fight seems pretty shoddy. I mean, there's one oh. part where you attack someone and it's someone else who hits the floor, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, I saw that, caught that straight away. And it, yeah, it was a bit... It's a bit rubbish. <laughs> I couldn't... I, it just didn't impress me at all. Hmm. It, it just seemed like they were... Like you say, you know, the two guys at the beginning, they were just stoned and talking shy. I mean... Fair enough. I mean, that could be the vibe they were going for, but he didn't give anything to the story. Yeah. Apart from just he's, he's got a new suit and his old suit's a bit battered and got all in and covered in blood. Basically, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that was it. And it didn't really bring anything new to the table as far as I'm concerned. I mean, for one, there's no hit girl in it, which mm. to me, you need the hit girl in a kick-ass 
project. It, it, it needs the protection of anarchy and, you know, parts of the world, fun and humour, which I just thought was missing from this. Okay. Um, Rich, you, you found this one for us. So, anything yeah, to I add? Think, uh, well, I, I would just say um, I didn't love it, but I do, I do think it's, you know, if you're, it's quite an interesting one to see. You know, we, we see a lot of fan films based on Batman and Superman mm -hmm. and stuff. And I just thought this was something I haven't come across one of somebody trying to do a kick ass film, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, it doesn't have the budget, but I think they've tried really hard. The, um, the the production did take you know some t you know quite a long time and I've seen some making ofs and they had to uh, you know the guy playing the guy playing Dave uh, mm -hmm. Kickass uh, had to be recast for for some scenes because basically he he was available you know for a while and then he had to go off to like you know you know to, to college or something and then they had to uh, work around that and thing. and I think they've they that that's come come across quite you know, knowing that yeah. one before mm -hmm. I went I, in, yeah, I think I didn't I really noticed. notice. No, I didn't so. take note too much notice good, good of that. Job there. Yeah. It is essentially yeah. a fight scene movie. Uh, it just spends about yeah. half, about five minutes, sort of rambling before its fight scene. It doesn't really set up anything particularly dramatic or whatever. It's just sort of you know, uh, jokey sort of you know quirky sort yeah. of messing messing about mm. being a superhero kind of stuff which i think is kind of the vibe the point yeah that was the kind of point for. of the, the, yeah. the original film which yeah. was, uh, yeah. you know he, he he was you know he's not a professional anything basically you know he, uh, he's a complete amateur uh, yeah he's pretty useless sort of and then you've got, that's kind of where the film ends up is <laughs> just sort of sort of limping off kind of mm. literally so that's kind of the, the movie kind of limps off the um so if it is a con if it's just strictly the you know concept they're aiming to do a bit more i'm definitely interested I'm, I'm keen to sort of you know do they do another episode where they bring in like hit girl or something i'm not a massive fan of the kick-ass movies don't get me wrong it's not, uh, i'm i'm not as in i'm not hugely invested i do like mark, uh, mark miller's uh, work I've, I've read a few of his other graphic novels and stuff i've actually not read mm. the kick-ass ones because i haven't been able to get those but the um i do like what he does with the superhero genre and stuff and uh, mm. I think yes these guys have sort of come put pulled together uh quite an interesting look for the character and uh yeah there's definitely definitely potential there I think I, and I think that's I, I agree. What, what I would say that's the reason yeah. I would say to see it or, or look at it it's something you know it's a superhero short action film that's yes stuff we've seen before but they're doing it with a character we haven't seen it tried with before i would say mm -hmm. and i i agree yeah there's it, it mm. does have potential i mean we i think we were we, our knee-jerk reaction is like you know it's, it's been a bit harsh but i, I agree there, there is definitely potential and i think you know there's definitely potential with with the sort of the bad guy characters because what i saw of them the sort of two different reactions i i actually really liked um you know these two guys are sort of you know they're talking a bit like vincent jules but when, when, when they turn up you know and they've got the guy in the trunk and stuff um they don't really get to do much unfortunately they're, you know um it would be good to sort of see them recast to someone who could actually handle themselves um yeah. and the you know the the big guy who who makes all the drugs is sort of you know with it with the beard i thought he was actually really funny um when they're sort of going yeah this is good stuff and he's like going well what the fuck do you think i'll do 
know, don't make shit. <laughs> make good drugs to sell to people. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, that character's got potential um, as well. So, so definitely some pluses um, out of this. And yeah, if they can, you know, if they can um, re restructure it, you know, um, you know, modify it and sort of build on what they've done so far, then I think they're definitely onto a winner. And I think what you've got to, the key thing for me is this film doesn't do anything that the other kick-ass films or whatever haven't, and probably the next iteration mm. won't do. I think the key thing for the what makes the great fan films or the really interesting fan films is the ones that do something that the studios won't do. Yeah. Mm. That take that, that, which I think is a bit difficult with Kickass because it already did sort of break through, you know, doing it was already when they made it when they made the the, the Matthew Vaughan movie, mm. that was already quite controversial when when that came out. So we've kind of and we've kind of moved on since then, and it sort of, sort of doesn't seem as as risky anymore. And I was thinking, how do you? It's it's a difficult. You either do something that's really faithful, you know, tip fairly faithful, and just mm. not distinctive in its own sort of, you know like power rangers you know like the, the, yeah, the yeah. when they when they did that power rangers short film which was like okay we're going to take the power rangers but we're going to make it really adult and dark and you know in a way that you've you've not seen before um in a way that you could only get away with if you were making it for like youtube or something you know just yeah. unless although we have had sort of gritty reboots officially and stuff but you know what i mean it's like um, yeah. that's harder to mm. do with kickass i think than perhaps some other character you know you could do a batman film in the style of a kick-ass, that would be quite risky. But um, but taking this on its own merits, I think it's an interesting little project. It's definitely worth having a look. I think there's some potential here. Let's see them do something really interesting for the next one. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. we do not score the, uh, the shorts, but we do recommend you check them out and you shall find a link to this one in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Skin Trade. On the trail of a Serbian gangster with international interests, NYC detective Nick Cassidy goes to Southeast Asia and teams up with a Thai detective to get revenge and destroy the syndicate's human trafficking network. Um, yeah, so this has a lot of strengths going for it, this one. Um, it, it, it's got a great cast. And it knows how to use it. Um, there's not really any sort of stunt casting like, oh, we got such and such in for one day. You know, we got such and such in and we're actually going to use them properly is what we get here. Um, so we've got we've got Dolph Lundgren, we've got Tony Jarr, and we've got Michael J. White sort of um, as the heavy hitters. But in the background, we've also got Ron Perlman and Peter Weller um, also bringing a bit of a style to this. I thought this was pretty damn good. How about you, Steve? I really enjoyed this, actually. Um, this is probably the best film I've seen all week. And it, it, yeah, it kind of does what it says in the tin. You know, you've got the, the gangster element, you know, the cop out for revenge. Well, both cops out for revenge, shall we say, you know, teaming up after they've beaten the shit out of each other. <laughs> and, but um, I thought the choreography was really good. It was one of them where you can actually see 
what was going on for once, you know, and it wasn't too over too over edited, shall we say? Yeah, and lit actually really well as well. And there's like three major fights really, like Dorp and Tony Jan, then Michael Jai White as well. Yep, and I thought that was that was a really good fight. To me, he always. I mean, I've not seen that many Michael J. White films, but he always pulls off the guy in like the the suit really well. If you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, he's like a classy fighter, if you know, <laughs> rather than a down and dirty street fighter. Except in mm. the one we watched for for like a while ago, was it? No, Blood and Bone, was it? Oh, blood, yeah, yeah, blood and bone, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. And even, I mean, I love Ron Perlman anyway. Just, yeah, he was, he was a legend as soon as he did El Boy and Beating the Beast. But he's really good in this as well, and he's just such a heartless bastard, you know. And mm. yeah, I just, I just, I just really enjoyed it. The only thing that got me was the twist that left it open. For possibly a sequel. Hmm. I, to me, it didn't need that. But I suppose it, it makes it end on a lighter note. Yeah. But because it was quite grim in the subject matter. <laughs> there are some grim. grim moments in this, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted it to go not full grim, but you know what I mean? I didn't want it. Hmm. It felt a bit of a cop out, the ending, to be fair. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, the ending uh, kind of reminded me of The Witch, you know, The Witch Part 2 that we reviewed uh, last week as well. Where you, mm. I saw Hel- no, no, sorry. No, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm get- talking bollocks. Um, it's a film I watched called The Suspect, which is another Korean film, which had a similar sort of ending. Right, um, okay. So, so I'll have to edit this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> Mike talks bollocks about Korean films. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of liked it. I, I wish they had sort of followed it up. That that would have been good. Mm. You know, maybe go Iko away in or something, or you know, go go, go, yeah. go, to, go to Indonesia and uh, in in mixing things up there. But there you go. Um, Rich, you, you hadn't seen this one before, had you? No, I've wanted to see it for years. Yeah. It's been it's ne- it never came out on DVD, and it's it eventually mm. found its way onto VOD and stuff. But uh, um, I, I'm found it on um all on channel four on all four on all four yes uh, right, so yeah. i watched it there Ooh. and no ads came up which was fantastic mm. <laughs> and when i was watching it at least um yeah. the so no i wasn't disappointed at all it's definitely one of dolph's best movies of his of this, this of this part of his career i would say this was 2014 so it's eight years eight years ago now um still i think it stands up i mean it looks Theatrical quality, I would say, mm. compared to something like um, uh, Day of Reckoning, uh, which mm-hmm. was a couple of years earlier, that had a similar sort of polish to it. Uh, but also some of the other sort of DTV movies like Steven Seagal's Into the Sun, where it, clearly there's been a bit more effort put into it. You know, yeah. it's shot in really nice. And yes, that cast is fantastic. It's all shot really good. The um, uh, It's by the numbers. I mean, the, the, the sort of sex trafficking theme which sort of looms over the whole thing and is treated a bit sleazily at times uh, mm. is uh, is sort of the novel part of, of it that's kind of the 
that's the that's Dolph's Dolph bringing his you know sort of personal interest in you know trying to make a statement to the movie mm. uh, in in a similar way to what I guess um, like Sylvester Stallone does in some of his movies. The what I would say is that uh, it it seems like it's going to be more of a trafficking thriller, but it actually ends up being a full on action movie. Um, yeah. By the time you get into after past the first act, you 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 it's a breakneck pace. Uh, there's like action scene after action scene, essentially, or at least it felt that way to me mm. uh, in its very brief running. I mean, it got towards the it got to the end, and I was like. Oh, oh! This is the end. <laughs> Realize, you know, it's like the yeah. fights go on so long. Yeah. Um, you do get, and and they are satisfying. I mean, yes, you got the whole typical thing of, you know, the good guy chasing another actual good guy, and mm. and then they're going to face off. And I mean, Dolph's done that in, you know, other films that he's made as well. You know, where the where the two good guys actually both are enemies for a while, and then they have a fight, and then they, and then like moments later they're teaming up and stuff. It's, yeah. it's all by the numbers. Um, but it's it is it's fun. I mean, it's it's really well. I mean, fun with a sort of caveat of that sort of awkwardness of some because there's some quite skeezy scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, the director, who's a, a Thai filmmaker, whose name I'm going to butcher, yep. Ekatshai Ukra. I'm not even going to try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did So he he's done films like dramas, like uh, there was a film beautiful about a transgender block. Yeah, beautiful yeah. boxer and stuff. So very experienced director, not normally known for. For action, uh, doing something uh, d- does it quite well, and the the whole you know the cinematography and that all looks really good. But yes, it's it's the cast, and as you say, um, Mike, they use them well. You know, they they don't yeah. it, none of it feels like forced or you know they're there as like a quick cameo. Peter Weller's really good in the bits he does, and Ron Perlman's really good in the bits he does, and Tony Jaa. In this, I, mean, I think this P- is the Peter first Weller. film. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so Peter Weller, you know, when you mentioned this film, I thought, because oh, I had seen it before, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, I, I seem to remember Peter Weller being in this. Mm-hmm. And I, I did actually get a bit confused between this and his performance in uh, Dragon Eyes. Yes. Um, with just the, oh, ti- is it not Tiger Chen? Um, Kung Lee. Kung Lee, that's it, yeah, it's in that one. Because his performance in there is really flamboyant. He's, he's, he's this dirty cop. In that yeah. one, he wears this sort of jaunty hat, um, and he, he's he's really good. This one, he's more of a sort of straight lace sort of character. But yeah. it, as you say, it, you know, it is great to sort of see him in this sort of uh, in this sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think as I say, this is kind of a throw. It's not really a throw, but it's sort of. But you know, this is kind of the movies that you know show down in Little Tokyo. I mean, even yep. this has even got Kari Huriyuki Tagawa yeah. in a small it cameo. It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's stuff. Right. But the whole I, teaming I, up with Tony Jaa, I think this yeah. was Tony Jaa's first. English language, yeah, sort of main role. They're clearly yeah. trying to push him. This film was aimed for bigger things, and they were clearly trying really hard with it. And it just didn't. And that's why it's so little known. I think it's just it for whatever reason it just didn't pan out. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of become one of these films that not not many people have heard of. But you know, it's one. Say, Dolph's really good. He, he gets a proper. I mean, it, this this is him doing a Punisher kind of thing. He's just off mm. off for vengeance. But even t- and Tony Jaa, I think he, you know, he's 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 doing an English language role. I think he's handling the English quite well, and he gets to do some properly good, albeit watered down. You know, this isn't Tony Jaa in his peak from about you know ten years. So it's previously, not on back, but at the no, same time, but he still he, does he's some great good. stuff. Yeah, you know, he's still he does, doing even that. the like the parkour stuff and everything like that. You know, 
Really you're getting the knees, you're getting the elbows, you know, you're getting the impact of all those sort of fight scenes that established him in the first yeah, place. Yeah. It's, um, you know, because I think it was after this, he went on to be in like Fast and the Furious uh, yeah, 7 or right. whatever yeah. it was and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, it's triple X3 and stuff. And yeah, Michael Jai White gets to be really good. But we've all... the thing is, you were saying about sort of leading into a sequel and stuff. Um, it is, it did kind of have a sequel because Triple Threat is essentially the sequel. Because... I was going to suggest that, yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say, like, yeah, Triple Threat is sort of like the companion film to this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Companion mm. piece. What I liken it to is, um, remember in the early 2000s when uh, uh, Joel Silver made a series of, of action movies with... Um, yeah, Cradle uh, to Ajay the Grave. Um, yeah. Basically yeah, had yeah. Jet Li in two of them and Steven Seagal yeah. in, one, in the one in the middle. Romeo's, Romeo must die. Yeah. So this is kind of, these movies are kind of like that in that, mm. like, so this one is, it's so like Tony, Tony Jar was in both this and Triple Threat, but, but uh, Dolph Lundgren obviously wasn't. But, you know, I've, <clears throat> Michael's, uh, producer Michael Selby made mm -hmm. both of these movies. They've, and Triple Threat also brought back uh, Michael Jai Wai, Selena Jade, mm. who's also in it, um, and um, who else? Oh, and Tony Jaa, obviously. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. um, there's and the, the visuals and stuff that was the, obviously a Jesse Johnson movie, slightly different, but you can definitely see the the DNA, the, the yeah. relationship between the two. They 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 work. I mean, in terms of the casting as well. I mean, Triple Threat blew us away with that cast, didn't it? Oh, and this is a similar yeah. similar thing. You know, they they've got all these fantastic people on board. I mean, there's a there's a there's a big explosions finale in this and everything's it's mm -hmm. great if you've never seen this or triple threat then you know you double bill them you got to and it, it does make me think what what would be the next one what would be the cradle in the grave the third of the <laughs> of the series i would love to see that so let's get um so if you were going to follow that uh mm -hmm. the, the, the joel silver sort of principle back you've got to you've got to reunite dolph lundgren and tony jar in a completely yep. different kind of story yeah, uh, yeah. And, I, and i would love to see that happen that would be fantastic yeah, with Scott Atkins and G.J. Yane. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. would be superb. So, yeah, um, we don't score these, but I think you can tell we really enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, and we certainly recommend you check it out. So where did we find this? This is on all four at the moment. It's only there for a limited time. Yeah. You can find yeah. it on VOD. Yeah, on various on platforms. VOD. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely, definitely worth seeing. If you haven't seen it yet, um, and you, you know you like a bit of action this has got plenty of it go check it out and that's the end of this week's show so thanks to Steve and Rich for joining me as usual no always a pleasure a bit of a weird mix this week um, some very sort of arty kind of stuff going on didn't quite gel with us overall um, but there you go that's, that's them's the breaks as it were but we ended on yeah, a proper DTV note, though, didn't we? Yeah. We did end yeah. on a proper DTV note, so absolutely. Um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter, at the DTV Digest, and also the Short Shots, where Rich puts a link to a new short every evening around about 8 o'clock. Other than that, thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.